following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape on this Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. February 13th, the day of the big game. A beautiful Sunday, at least in terms of football action. It is the day that we all have wanted and we have been waiting for. Beauty as in weather is in the eye of the beholder. Is that even a saying? I don't even fucking know. But it's a beautiful day for football, especially when you're playing in a dome. Because uh, everywhere around the country, there's fucking shit weather right now. Coming here from Jersey, we got a couple inches of snow on the ground. Woke up, saw all that garbage. Down in Florida, where the Super Bowl could have been. Could have been. It, it appears there a bunch. You guys have gotten drenched with just thunderstorms galore no yeah all night long all night all night and so it could have had they been down in south florida you could have had another one of the colts bears rain fests if you remember that one from years back where that was a that was a monsoon in that that super bowl but obviously out in la don't have to worry about any of that because it's a dome unless there's lightning to be had where obviously they had the uh, Ram game earlier in the year. Lightning stopped that game. It was versus your Raiders, correct? Yeah. Wait, so I'm confused. You're, it's, it's a dome, but they're talking all about how it's going to be the hottest Super Bowl on record. Are they, I, I haven't seen that. I know that it's supposed to be in the 80s. So since we're doing dad talk and, and doing our, uh, our weather bit here, it, it's supposed to be in the 80s all day, and then tonight it's supposed to be 73 degrees. The SoFi Stadium is the location of the Super Bowl out in L.A. Obviously, L.A.'s got a home game here. And it's supposed to drop from 80s to 73, and you're saying that they're talking about it being the hottest Super Bowl on record? Yeah, I don't understand what that matters if it's a dome, because I was under the assumption it was a dome game as well. Yeah, well, it is a dome, but it's one of those... We remember... Again, the Rams-Raiders game earlier in the year, which was a Monday night football game? No? Uh, yeah. Remember? And then they had the huge two-hour delay because of the lightning and nobody Chargers. could figure it. Was Char- it Chargers? Char- was it Chargers? Yeah, I don't think they played the Rams. All right, maybe it wasn't the Rams. Maybe it was Chargers. But it was SoFi Stadium, right? And it was yeah. Raiders. Yeah, you're right. It was. It was Raiders, Raiders, Chargers. In SoFi Stadium, and they had to delay the game because of lightning. And everybody and the brother was like, who the hell? Because it was Gruden was still the coach at the time. He had not had his yeah. little snafu via email. And he was complaining, who the hell you know, builds a dome where you got to stop the game you know, for weather? And uh, there's something about it, right? The, the stadium is uh, third, whatever. It's half underground, right? 
or know, you're not familiar I, I, with it. They, they have stories out, no, you know, how it's built, I, I and it's half underground, right? So it's the way they built it for whatever reasons. I'm sure it has to do something with fault lines and, and earthquakes and all the rest of it. But, you know, it, it's not on top of the ground, per se, your usual stadium. So I don't know anything about the actual weather, but that would be kind of crazy. It's going to be the hottest uh, <laughs> Super Bowl you know, on history in, in a dome. So wait, so you go into the stadium and then you go down? Uh, it's like half above, half below. So I don't know. I think it sits and they have a similar situation with the Brooklyn uh, Nets and uh, what the hell, the Barclays Center, where the Barclays Center is built like half underground. So when you walk into the Barclays Center, you're like above the, the court. court. Yeah. So I think it's some something similar to that in this regard, and I imagine it has something to do with uh, you know earthquakes and all the rest of it, right? Because hmm. you know LA's got the whole fault line and all that kind of shit. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, who would think that weather would be an issue with the Super Bowl? But I guess it guess it will be. I don't know. I, I didn't even check that, but whatever. It's, it's going to be seventy three out there come game time at six thirty. Game going to be played on NBC. It will look to be the final game for Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Uh, I guess Collinsworth will probably stay, but it looks like they're going to punt to Tarico after this year, correct? Have you heard that? So, so been talking about it constantly. Reports, yeah, so all the reports are stating. Well, I just looked this up. You're right. Three quarters of it lays lies underground. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing stories about it because obviously they're trying to feature this big, you know, mega billion dollar stadium. I don't know how much mega billion turns into actually, but it's multiple billion uh, out there in L.A. where they've built this, you know, new grandiose Roman Coliseum that they want to use for everything, and it's now going to be, you know, kind of the the you know stage for stars and all of the stars. As they're going to align tonight for a halftime show that's going to feature. Nothing but the best in 90s hip-hop, as you're going to have Eminem and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and whoever else makes it. The Tupac hologram, supposedly, might make an appearance tonight. But yes, this new stadium. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. So, new stadium is going to to be feature of the stars going forward, and they couldn't be more happier to get this Super Bowl there this year and get the Rams actually in the game. You know, get to do some grassroots marketing and try to build up that fan base, seeing that nobody nobody in L.A. is a Rams or a Chargers fan, even though the teams played there sporadically over, you know, decades past. You know, L.A. is a Laker town. That's it. You know, they're hoping. Well, there will be after tonight. Maybe. Uh, you know, they're going to have to be good, you know, to build a fan base, right? San Diego had the Chargers. Chargers are now in L.A. San Diego fan base kind of bailed. I'm sure maybe a couple of them stuck with it. But, you know, they're kind of bent. The fact that, you know, San Diego just beat feet. And in L.A., you know, you got the Lakers, USC football when it's good, and then, you know, the NFL comes, you know, a far cry. Last week, right, they, they were doing a big movement to make sure that the the seats didn't get sold to San Francisco fans. And they still couldn't prevent it from happening. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to need at least a decade to cultivate a fan base, right? Because you're going to need a couple of generations to be born and for them to watch them on local TV. So they're going to need to be good. McVay's probably going to have to stay for a little bit. Did you hear all of the talk this week about him and maybe putting more time and, you know, 
time and effort with his family. And, with McVeigh, yeah. Yeah, and unsure about his future. Contemplating his future and where his future lies. Yeah, what, what a weird storyline to come out of nowhere. I mean, you know, he's only... What, did he hit 40 yet? I don't think so. Because he's younger than me. Yeah, I, I don't think he hit 40 yet. So, I, this whole retirement thing is just going around. You know, first Brady and now everybody. It's just uh, going, going, going. You got Brady retiring. Kyler Murray wants the, the fuck out of Arizona. And now Sean McVay, he doesn't know what he's going to be doing. It's, uh, it, it's I don't know. I can't figure it out. I mean, for me... It, Kudos to Brady for going as long as he did, but uh, for McVeigh, the talk to come out of nowhere about him, you know, contemplating his future in one regard, I don't know, man. Sounds like he's sounds like maybe that would make me think he's sick secretly or something. Nah, I, well, it's getting getting a little conspiratorial, but uh, you know, it might just be a random storyline that they just wanted to, you know, maybe he said something somewhere and then somebody wanted to make a story about it, and so they did. Um, nobody, nobody retires at 36 from coaching. Yeah, especially when you've been, you know, having the success he had out there. You know, obviously, look, they, they did mortgage the future for the present, and they're going to have to figure out a way around that down the road because they've pretty much mortgaged their future. I forget what the actual status. They don't have a first round pick until 2024. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be able to replenish. The team with high-end draft talent, obviously, draft is kind of a gamble anyway. So, um, but yeah, so that's where we stand. We've got the Super Bowl. Uh, oh my God, do I even know the number? What's the number? Tell me it. It's uh, fifty-four. Fifty-four. Super Bowl fifty-four out in LA, SoFi Stadium, six thirty. Like we said, NBC. It'll be Al Michaels' last call for that crew. He's been out there. I think he said twenty years. Listening to an interview he did with uh, Howard Stern where he said, uh, you know, basically Stern was trying to get him going and he kind of didn't partake in it. But uh, it'll be his last after spending, I guess, 20 years there. He went with John Madden originally and then Chris Collinsworth. And, you know, hey, look, Al Michaels, great, uh, you know, great run, dude. But eventually, some of these play-by-play guys, they've got to (laughs) go. Right? We've heard these guys for close to 40 years now. Hell, Al Michaels was on Monday Night Football with Dan Deerdorf and, and Frank Gifford for crying out loud. Holy shit. That's like, that's a long-ass time. That's a long-ass time. I'm dating yes, myself. Since I was a little kid, I mean, he's like one of the voices that I can remember from, you know, sports, from, you know, growing up. Like, I've literally listened to him forever. I mean, it when him and that booth and then um, what he did it with Boomer Esiason for a little bit. Uh, who else did he do it? He did. They did the Dan uh, or the Dennis Miller experiment. Remember that whole deal? I, I don't. Was was he in there with uh, Tony Kornheiser? Or was that Tarico that was doing it when they had they brought Kornheiser in? Wait, Dennis Miller? Yeah, you don't remember that? Dennis Miller was on Monday Night Football. They tried to bring him in to bring it to be an entertainment uh, guy. No. I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah. And he just, he would pre-script basically punchlines featuring players' names and the rest of it. And, I I mean, it did not work out at all. all. He had one one call when Ty Law got an interception, I remember it, and he said something to the effect of, you know, whoever the quarterback was fought the law and the law won. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he got it. He, uh, he, he fought the law and, and, and the law won because Ty Law, you know, it, it, it's a pun. Uh, we're having fun here. So, um, 
but yeah, I mean, Michaels has been there through through you know for most of it. I think Tarico when they did the Tarico thing, I think Michaels was gone at that point. I think he had already moved to uh, Sunday Night Football with Madden, but. Yeah, so uh, anyway, as we digress, Michael's last call here on NBC. It will feature the Rams hosting <laughs> the Bengals. I don't know. Did they decide on who the home team is? Wait, Michael's is going to Amazon, though, right? Yeah, he's going somewhere. He's just not going to be on that NBC crew anymore. So I'm sure he's not going to hang it up, right? They're talking about him and Troy Aikman doing the Thursday Night Football package. When Amazon gets it, as Amazon is going set to take over a, a big footprint in the NFL broadcasting landscape, as they're going to get the Thursday night package, and it sounds as though, last I read, they're going to also get the ticket. No. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the ticket's going to end up moving to Amazon, and I think they're going to revamp the ticket quite a bit. And I think what you're going to ultimately see is you're probably going to see some kind of tiered service where you could probably subscribe to your team of choice for X amount of dollars or the entire ticket for another. I've heard that hinted at too many times to not think that there's something there, which would be oh. cool, right? Yeah, that's cool. I, I thought I thought ESPN was going to get it, which I thought would be cooler. Uh, well, if ESPN gets it, well, I guess they could do the same thing, right? Everybody has their streaming platforms now. Yeah, just they have such a big backing with Disney and everything. I, you know, I thought because they were, I, I guess I'm, I'm mix, mixing up all the articles I read. I thought I read something about them having kind of a leg up because they've been in the industry so long and it didn't have to do with money necessarily, but you never know really what happens behind closed doors. Well, ESPN has uh, ESPN Plus, right? So they could always, uh, you know, launch anything operationally they wanted to through that app to do something similar to Amazon. Uh, Amazon, a behemoth. Disney, a behemoth. So they could both make a play. Uh, looking at articles here, you know, it, here's an article about Disney bidding, you know, $2.5 billion for the Sunday ticket rights. Uh, ESPN Plus streams. Oh, there it is. ESPN streaming service. Um, it's got 21.3 million subs, so obviously they could do it that way. So, um, yeah. You know, yeah, they're saying here Amazon and Apple uh, also linked with a Sunday ticket. Obviously, a oh, that was the other one. Yeah, Apple. I read that too. But Apple, they would have to. Oh my God, they would have to revamp everything. The the amount of they could do it, but they don't have the streaming service. They don't have yeah. the subscription service. That do you use Apple Plus at all? Yeah, Apple, Apple TV, TV Plus. Yeah, when there's a good show. Like, uh, you know, when people turn me on to it, so like a Ted Lasso. Sure. A, oh, Ted Lasso. You know, very good show. Big fan. Or um, uh, the new show I'm watching, After Party, which which is pretty funny. Oh, I have not heard that. What is After Party about? Uh, like a high school reunion that turns into Oh, no, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. And um, who is in the – and whoever – I think it's a bigger name of actors falls off the the yeah the falls yeah. off the balcony kills himself and uh, and then they're all there. It's a murder. It's mystery. a murder mystery. Yeah, it's a series, right? Not a movie. Yeah, murder mystery slash comedy slash. It's good. It's it's funny. A couple couple really funny lines. The main character is hysterical. 
Yeah, I did see uh, advertisements for that, and I, I remember watching it, and I thought, oh, that could be a good show, and I didn't even know it came out. I, it's the problem I have with all kinds of streaming services is that there are so many that it is extremely difficult to stay on top of everything coming out and when it comes out because nobody wants to plug anybody else's streaming service, right? So if something comes out big on Paramount, unless you, Paramount Plus, unless you see Paramount Plus commercials, you're not going to see it on anybody else's service, you know, and like Netflix, you know, Netflix, you literally nowadays have to go onto Netflix to see what has come out because I, I rarely see Netflix plugs anywhere anymore. I don't think there are, are there? Uh, I don't know. I just don't see the volume. I used to see Netflix commercials. I, I The commercial I see the most now, and it's as a result of the systems that I have, but I, I see Paramount Plus commercials all the time. I see, well, that's because they're owned by CBS, I think. I, I, I just I see them all the time, and it's got to be something with my streaming services and whatever it is. There's got to be some kind of link to Paramount and CBS. Uh, you like know, NBC... NBC owns Peacock, CBS owns Paramount Plus, uh, Fox owns. I don't think. Well, I, I think Fox is involved with Hulu, right? Hulu, that's it. Yeah, and because they do the big FX on FX on Hulu deal, which is I yes. completely. You want to get into TV botch jobs. I the FX on Hulu shit, I don't understand for the life of me. Because they I, I mean it's like big time shows, but they want them on FX, but you got the FX on Hulu. And I don't even know if they come out first on Hulu or they come out first on ac- actually the FX channel. They moved a whole bunch of stuff to FXX over the years. I mean it is you know, if you were an old school TV fan of having a schedule presented to you and then trying to find the shows that you really liked and appointment viewing, you can't do that shit anymore at all. You try to do that and it's over, Johnny. You just get lost, which is a little problematic for me because I, I like to be presented everything and now I got to go search for it. And I spend too much time searching for stuff. But anyway, I back to the NFL part of this. Yeah, Apple TV doesn't have a good interface at all. So I can't really see the NFL wanting to get into bed with Apple because it's just it's just shoddy the presentation of it the navigation of it the NFL wants something simple right they want something simple that everybody can go to I want my NFL ticket and here it is you, yeah you, I you'd uh, get that with uh, ESPN uh, plus uh you could definitely get it with ESPN you could definitely get it with I don't think NBC has enough money to plug for it but like a peacock has a dream, uh, an incredible following. Well, you're gonna be able to watch the game, obviously, because it's on NBC. But you'll be able to stream it through Peacock tonight if you want to deal with the the lag. Obviously, you have to turn your phone off to make sure that you don't get any kind of notifications from any of your friends. Because if you've ever watched any big game or live event on a streaming service, like I have, because I am I'm a Direct TV subscriber for years and years and years, Sony View uh, before that. But uh, if you have your t- if you have a streaming service and that's how you're watching it, and you have your phone on, you will ruin most of the end of games. So yes, that's a hundred percent true. Because Rocky and I. To talk, we'll be on the phone all the time during games, and I will say something, and I'll, and then he'll be like, "What are you talking about?" Right. And so, for example, I was watching the Tampa Bay game, and the 
the game that they lost to the Rams. And all of a sudden, I'm on a, I, I paused it, and then I picked it up, and so I'm on a delay. And Brady ties that game, and I'm like, holy shit, Brady is going to pull this off. And then all of a sudden, I get a text message from Rob Parsons. Fuck you, Brady. We're tanks for nothing. I guess the game's going to go downhill because I hadn't reached that point. And sure enough, <laughs> they had the Cooper Cup bomb when uh, Bowles did the all-out blitz there. And uh, it got smoked, which put him into field goal range, and that was the end of it. And it just ruined it. So point being, stream a peacock at your own risk. Make sure to put your phones down. That's going to be the problem with Sunday Ticket, too, though. Yeah, it'll be the problem with anything that's streaming and not, you know, direct. The direct TV with the satellites was immediate. Anything with the streaming will just simply not be immediate. But there's no other way to do it. Unless they try to do some over the, you know, over the cable broadcast, but they don't because you can't do the cable thing with any of these plus services because the cable services own that bandwidth. So, and they're not going to cater, you know, to these uh, direct TV, uh, whatever, uh, possible people because they're just like, no, we gave you your your station. That's what it is. Uh, You know, you do the rest over the air with your own you know, systems. So yeah. Satellite TV is just done. Yeah. There's no, I look, satellite TV does the same thing that streaming TV does without the hardware and without the blackout issues and everything else. You just have to deal with a delay on live events. That's the only thing that you have to deal with. And ultimately, I mean, it'll be an issue because if more and more people go to streaming, then there is going to be a discrepancy on live events. There already is between the cable systems, over-the-air broadcast, and then streamers because the streaming's always delayed. And it's a big delay, too. It's not short. It's like a good solid minute, two minutes. So, um, Is it that? Yeah, I guess yeah, it is pretty it, long. Yeah, it is yeah. because I, I have had multiple games ruined for me as I have watched it streaming and people have been texting me. So now I just put my phone down during live events and I just said I can't. I can't pay attention, which is kind of cool because you kind of detach yourself from the internet and the cell phone era, which is nice once in a while. I actually went out for beers on Friday night and I forgot my phone at home and it was like, wow, it was like night and day. (laughs) It was like, this is actually cool. I didn't expect that at all. No, but it was. And so I might have to leave my phone, you know, away. I, I was thinking about putting my phone on my door when I first come in, like putting some kind of sleeve there where, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, shelving. And I just take walking in and put my phone there and just put it away and walking away from the rest of the night just to detach. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. That, that's boring. That's how do you, how do you get to that point? We where have com- you can do that. Completely fucking derailed here. Sorry, as I go into my own personal, uh, you know, cell phone hole. But uh, you know, back to uh, NBC. So you can watch the game on Peacock. This will be the last night for NBC. Al Michaels. The rest of it. But uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four here. Rams. Bengals. Rams hosting. Uh, we'll get down to brass tacks here. We'll just jump right into some of the stats. We've got the Rams currently, right now. Time is 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Rams are a four and a half point favorite in this game at home. The over under is 48 and a half. You want to break down the gambling statistics? Here we go. Sharps were on the Bengals up until this morning. The Sharps have now switched. The Sharps are on the Rams. And with that change, that makes the Rams a 
triple favorite here. Trifecta bet. The Sharps, tickets, money, all on the Rams. The tickets are in on the Rams at a tune of 58%. The money, more so, at 73%. That number actually was higher earlier in the week. I think it was up around 80%. So that has come down a little bit. Flip over to the over-under. At 48.5, as we stated, the Sharps are now coming in on the over. The tickets are in on the over at 66%. And the money is on the under at 68%. But that number also was higher earlier in the week. So the under, which was the favorite for the money pool, has now come down. So you're seeing big money starting to swing over toward the over. 48.5 is not a lot of points. So, you know, it was... It was a, a kind of a head scratcher at first for me, and then you saw the money pile in on the under, and that was even more head scratching. And now you're seeing everything kind of float over the over. So those are the trends as of right now. Like I said, about 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, we'll dive into a quick recap of the DVOA standings. Although, if you find, follow Aaron Schatz, I, I believe is his name, uh, the individual that is primarily responsible for football outsiders and their DVOA system, he even questioned whether they should redo DVOA uh, completely or try to figure out how they screwed up so <laughs> so much in this Bengals team that has gotten to the Super Bowl. Because as the breakdowns go, here we go. The Rams are offensively ranked 8th DVOA. The Bengals are 19th. The Rams' defense is ranked 5th DVOA. The Bengals' are offense is ranked 18th. So you've got the Rams' 8th-ranked offense versus the Bengals' 19th-ranked defense, and then flip it around, you've got the Bengals' 18th-ranked offense against the Rams' 5th-ranked defense. Everything here screams, screams Rams. Obviously, DVOA, like I said, uh, Shots, Aaron Shots is currently thinking about trying to uh, redo, at least to a certain degree, DVOA to account for all of these glaring uh, discrepancies. But everything to me is screaming the Rams. So here we are, Super Bowl 54. What are you thinking right now with you know a good seven hours before kickoff here? So... Is it four? It, it keeps going from three and a half to four and a half, right? Currently, it's four I and saw half. it four and a half, and that was literally maybe fifteen minutes ago. So I, I quoted yeah, so. it at eleven o'clock. I could check right now, but yeah, it was it was it was four. Then it was three and a half in the middle of the week or toward the end of the week, and that and that shifted back to four and a half. And as I go back to DraftKings now, it has come back to four. So you are going to see a number float from now until kickoff between three and a half and four and a half. Right. That's where it's going to be. So, so that doesn't really matter in regards to betting purposes because if it's three and a half, it's four, four and a half. Well, the hook matters. It's, you know, I, I mean, if you want to get a number, you want to get the hook. You want the half, right, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't care so much about that. I, I actually think if the Rams are going to win, they're going to win by more than a touchdown. If the Bengals win, they probably win by a field goal at the end of the game. That's the way I'm looking at it. So I, I don't really have a preference either way, honestly. In this specific scenario, for gambling purposes, my money's going to go on the Rams. Um, but I could do what I did a couple weeks ago where I split it a little bit, where I bet you know you jack up the Rams like you do, like I did, and then you bet the other way where the Bengals – actually take uh, lay points by two and a half, and that covered me with the Chiefs game. Right, okay. You remember what I was what, what I did? Yeah, that? yeah. I jacked, jacked them up to six and a half. And, um, but 
the over under is is more interesting. Twenty four twenty one. Let's say the final score is twenty four twenty one. That's still forty five points. That's forty four points. That's below the 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 over under still. So with points to go. So uh, forty eight and a half still seems a little high. I'm I'm kind of shocked that it's that it's still that high. See, you think that's high, huh? I see forty eight and a half, and I think it's low. Uh, I, well, I mean, twenty four twenty brings you to forty four, and I mean that's that's scoring, but that's not a lot of scoring. Twenty eight twenty four brings you to fifty two. Right. So twenty eight twenty four is uh, whatever. It's the bank. Well, I don't know. It's kind of a push, and you get the over in that regard. So, but right. that is you know that's four scores and three in a field goal. You know, I mean that—that's scoring. I mean that—that's a decent amount of scoring, but I—I I still I think there could be more. I don't know. I just twenty-four twenty-one is six touchdowns and a field goal. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot of scoring, and that's still below the forty-eight points. Yeah, I don't know. I—I I just when I saw the forty-eight, seeing you know previous weeks where they had fifties in some of these games, uh, you know, especially related. What what was the? Let me pull up last week's. Uh, well, not last week's. Two weeks ago, when we had those games, the Rams Forty ers game was forty-five and a half, and the Chiefs Bengals game was fifty-five. So you know, obviously the Chiefs had a hand in that jacked up fifty-five, but I mean the Rams were almost at forty-eight and a half, and that was versus a, a 49er defense that was really good, right? I mean that was why the 49ers were getting all that credit was their defense was lighting it up. I don't think it was as much offense as the defense was getting the credit for that, which is why you saw that forty-five and a half. So now you got a Bengals defense that you know people have tried to tout up that that defense a little bit here over the past two weeks. But I'm sorry, I, I have not seen a, a Bengals defense, with the exception of, you know, they played okay in that second half of the Chiefs game, but that was more the Chiefs just completely screwing the pooch. Um, I just don't see the Bengals defense as being some kind of big player in this game that could keep the score down. Now, if you want to say the Rams defense is, okay, I'll get on board with that. But it seems like you like the under. I do like the under, and, and I'm. but you, you mentioned a couple points there. One is is that I, I don't see the Bengals having anything to do with their defense having anything to do with the outcome of this game. If if it's something that you want to talk about, you can talk about the Matthew Stafford effect where he just goes into Matt Matt Stafford interception mode or Matt Stafford bad decision mode. That might make the Bengals look better than they are, but uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't foresee that actually mattering. I, I think that the under is prevalent in this game because I, I don't know how good uh, uh, the Rams' defense actually is, and I, I, I kind, I shouldn't say that. I just, I don't know how many sacks or interceptions they're actually going to get, but I think it's going to be enough to prevent Cincinnati from doing what they've been doing. Yeah, I I haven't been a super big fan of the Rams' defense over the course of the year. They have been good enough and one of the top 
you know, in the top tier of defenses, but I haven't thought of them as the shut down legendary defensive team. Correct. Right. Correct. They have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is phenomenal. He causes a lot of mismatches. He gives the defense a big advantage in schemes because he commands so much respect. And they did bring in Von Miller. You've seen Von Miller have a, you know a big sack in that last game. Uh, Von Miller's played a hand now, although it took him a while to get get going. Uh, Leonard uh, Floyd also on that defense, and then you have Ramsey as a shutdown corner. So if you want to talk about the defense in terms of where their strengths are. Their strengths are they've got a top-flight pass rusher, maybe the best defensive player in all of football, and then you have a top-flight uh, cornerback in Jalen Ramsey who travels. So, and, and those are two more things than most teams have, right? Yeah. They're good enough to stop people from scoring 35 points, but they're not – the the bears of what was that eighty five or the two thousand yeah you know they're, they're not any of those the two thousand ravens eighty five the two thousand ravens right you know eighty six uh, giants also had a really good defense I mean there's been good defenses throughout um, but yeah I, I I they're not up there but they have huge players so yes and, and they have enough of the contributing players in you know, your your Von Miller to Aaron Donald, your Leonard Floyd to Von Miller, um, that they could get away from it. Now I you know, obviously their their secondary was all banked up and then they go and they grab the Weddle off the scrap heap and they throw him in there and then he has phenomenal games. Uh, which is still, it's just one of the crazier <laughs> story points that has gotten a little bit of pub, but not as much as, as probably is warranted, is the fact that, you know, in need of big secondary help so late in the season that you grab somebody like Eric Weddle, you know, who had not been playing, throw him in there, and he plays so much and so well. It's just pretty phenomenal. But they've had a lot of... It's cra- it's it's mind-boggling. But yeah. <laughs> that's, who would have thought it, crazy. right? That's crazy. So, but, you know, look back at the Rams' travel here, you know, and that, I mean, they almost lost that Bucks game. But if you go to how they almost lost that Bucks game, it didn't really have anything to do with the defense. It was like Cam Akers just gave them, you know, <laughs> two extra sets of downs. And then you exactly. had the, you know, the snap, uh, the botch snap, which gave him another one. So you've got two Cam Akers turnovers and the Matt Stafford turnover. Without those, that game's over. You know, I mean, it's not even close. So, you know, look at the travels here. Which team do you think had the harder route? Uh, the Bengals. You think so? Yeah. I mean, the Rams had to go through 49ers last week, Bucks the week before that, and uh, now, shit, I, I completely forgot. Were, were they, did they have the bye first week? No, the, the only one team got a bye. Oh, that was, that was the Packers. That's the Packers. That's right. Um, who the hell did they play in the uh, Super Wild Card? Uh, can you think back that far? No. Yeah, nor they can beat, I. They beat the five seed. Uh, I'll just pull it up on my phone at this point. Wow. That, that shows you how, uh, you know, immediate our, our minds have become that and, and short, <laughs> short-sighted is that you can't think back that far. So let's just go to Super Wild Card Weekend and pull it up. Oh, they had the Cardinals. They, they mopped up on the Cardinals. That was That's uh, right. That was yeah, not yeah, a good yeah. game. 
Uh, probably why we forgot about it. But So, yeah, the Cardinals, then the Bucks, and then finally the 49ers. The Bengals had your Raiders, and then they had uh, Titans. the Titans, and then they had the Chiefs. So, I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I think... They the, had to beat the one seed, the two seed, and then a Raiders, a gritty Raiders team. Okay, so... All right, I'll give you... All right, so let's say the Bengals had the harder route to get here. Who had the better run to get here? The Rams. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that there's no shot the Bengals should even be here. None. That they were more or less gifted it, no? Especially that Titans game. Everyone thinks they're going to get hammered tonight. Uh, I mean, me included. I mean, we haven't got down into picking everything yet, but me included. I, I am not looking at the Bengals as being a big player in this game. However, I have been fucking wrong. That has not been the sound. That has been the sound. That has been the sound of me making picks all postseason. It just, it's a really annoying, terrible sound. And I hear it in my head constantly. But um, I, I don't think that the Bengals are... Maybe they're in the game in the beginning, but I think down the stretch uh, they'll open it up. But, um, I, you know, the Bengals are kind of lucky to be here. That, that I go back to that Titans game. If you rewatch that Titans game, God, Tennessee just gave them that game. I mean... Numerous times and numerous and bad, bad play calling, bad... Terrible play calling. Bad decision-making, bad play calling... Bad play by the players. It was just it, all in all, it just it just wasn't good. I go back to that Tennessee game and the third, fourth down series, where on third down they did a terrible uh, uh, run play option, where uh, it was a quarterback option, and Tannehill held it. And then on fourth down they went to Henry, and Henry just got smashed. And Henry looked like shit that whole game. They should have been. Yeah. They, they they should have pulled him early, but anyway, um, yeah, I you know the Raiders could have could have beat them, you know the Raiders had a chance there to beat the Bengals, and then obviously yep. in the conference championships, I I don't know what happened, but Andy Reid decided to take a half off, and it blew up in his face, especially that field goal before the half, I, you know, screw that royally, but you got to give credit to the Bengals, right? I mean. The opportunity was there. Just, there were so many things about their their path to the Super Bowl that could have changed in dramatic fashion in an instant. Yeah, but it, it didn't happen. It's it's kind of crazy, and that's why you know you look at DVOA and shots, saying how you know we gotta maybe we have to redo you know our formula here to take account for something. I don't know how you take account for what happened with the Bengals. You know, they could have lost every one of those games. And, you know, the wild card game, whatever, came down to the end and it just didn't happen. But the Titans, I mean, how do you account for the Titans screwing that game up? How do you account for the Chiefs screwing that game up? I mean, th- those things are tough to predict. Very, very much so. And, and the Bengals earned it. I mean, they are in the Super Bowl and, and they're, you know, they're there. They didn't stop. They, they didn't stop fighting. They didn't stop playing. They... You know, Burrow, that kid Burrow's good, and uh, Chase and him, and, and Higgins is the unsung hero, and Mixon is, nobody talks about how good Mixon was all year. They've been playing good. They've playing all right. I, but, like, look, Chiefs-Bengals, 7.5 was the spread of that game. At 21-3, you thought the 7.5 was, was good, No. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. even even when uh, Samjay Perine or whatever, whatever got the touchdown to make it twenty-one ten, I still thought the eleven was good. For sure. And then all of a sudden, the Bengals come back and, and win that game outright. It's it's just I don't know. It, it, it's a great run for the Bengals. Kudos to them on the run. Burrow, Chase, give you a puncher's chance. Defense, I, I don't know. It plays good in spots. B.J. Hill, ex-Giant, uh, having a, a really big end of season ever since the trade he's been playing well. Did you see <laughs> the joke about B.J. Hill related no. to the Giants? They no. said that uh, you know in the locker room, B.J. Hill immediately picked up his phone and called Joe Judge and said he wanted to play for the Giants. Because if you remember Joe Judge saying at the at the post game press conference, how I have people calling me all the time, telling telling me that they want to play here, you know they wish they never left, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the the joke was BJ Hill called them when he was going to the Super Bowl, saying he wanted to play for the Giants. So uh, uh, I, I I didn't I guess I didn't see that in the yeah, papers. Well, there it was. That was a joke. So a uh, little sports <laughs> joke. Sports jokes uh, really are not funny. You can't insert humor into sports jokes. It just it doesn't uh, it doesn't ring true. But that one was funny at the time. So, Rams, four and a half. That feels like the play, no? Yes. I mean, after all we've talked about so far, how can you not go that way? Yeah, I think it's going to be the Rams, four and a half. Let's just talk quick. How do the Bengals pull off the win? Because I don't think it's going to be like a Bengals three-point loss. That's the one way, well, now you can just book it. I, I mean, you can just... Cash that in. It's, this is going to end in a field goal for Matt Gay. But, you know, I don't think it's going to end up as a three-point Rams win. So, how do the how do the Bengals end up getting the W? It's just typical mm. Joe Burrow? I can't imagine they're going to do what they did to the Chiefs. They're not going to come back from 21-3. to three. We'll book that one because that's probably going to happen too now. But <laughs> Book it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm only, I can only assume if they're going to win this game, they're not, it's not like they're going to jump out to a two touchdown lead. They don't need to do that, but they're going to have to go. They're going to have to match, you know, point for point. So if they go down seven, nothing or 10, nothing, they have to come back and score a touchdown. You know, they have to stay within a possession of them and hope that it comes down to the, the point of the game where they have an opportunity to get last licks. Oddly enough, I don't really feel like it's Burrow. I know that Burrow and Chase always give him the puncher's chance because you can always get the points on the board with the two of them. But I almost feel as though if the Bengals were to win this game, the the real key would be their defense. And I feel like their defense would have to have a performance that would push Stafford off the off the edge, right? Push him off the plank and have him fall into the deep water and pull the Stafford choke job. Yeah, Stafford choke job, hundred percent. We talked about. I talked about that before. That's I. I, I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the. I, okay. Stafford choke job is not the same as Cincinnati's defense keeping them in the game. I think it's more Stafford being Stafford, right? Stafford isn't as good. Ah. I've heard this. Well, where are you going with this? Jesus. You can flush that right into the toilet. I'm trying not to say what I've heard all week long, right? All week long, it's, it's how good Stafford is and how much he's changed. And, like, no, he's not. Like, Stafford is not as good as everyone makes him out to be. 
Stafford is Stafford. He's been Stafford. He, so what you're he, saying is that Matt Stafford... That guy is a disgrace to the uniform. That's what you're saying. I don't think he's as good as everyone was making him out to be this year. So no. like, I, like like Mike said, he's a disgrace to the uniform. Are you going that hard? No. No. Okay. That's, that, that's a bold statement. A little bit. Mike likes to make bold statements. Yeah. You know, he's... He's been, he played, look at, go back and, and re, try and remember in your head about how bad the games he had when he played for Detroit and how freaking, how many interceptions he would throw. And Yeah, but you know what's weird? I don't even think of his career with Detroit anymore because I almost just don't even think it's re- relevant. You know, I, I mean... The only thing relevant in his time in Detroit now is allowing him to see NFL football for 10 years and see offenses and defenses and understanding, you know, passing routes the way he does, checkdowns the way he does, understanding the way coordinators call games on both sides of the ball now. But, I mean, now it's, it's Sean McVay, Sean McVay's offense. It's competent offense. He's got talent all over the place. You know, I mean, I do think, and I know that this is, this is a point that multiple people have made, so I'm not unique here, is that the Odell Beckham trade was colossal, colossal for the Rams getting to this point and ultimately winning it, if I think that they, you know, as I think that they do today. Because Odell is just a phenomenal player. He's been off the map for five years as he's got lost within himself and in Cleveland. But... I mean, the way that he's playing right now, you just see what a talent that fucking guy is. He's so good. Really? You don't think so? They I, didn't even know. They didn't even know the position he was going to hold when they traded for him or, or or whatever, signed him, because Robert Woods was still healthy. He got hurt two days later. No, I agree. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying the way that it turned out is that Odell has just been such a great weapon for them in this stretch here. He has um, been he has been an over smasher, by the way, stat wise. If you wanted to go with prop bets for the past four weeks, five weeks, whatever, it's been Odell Beckham. And we'll get the props in a little bit, but I think it's another over on Odell Beckham this week. I just I, I know that Cooper Cup is the toast of the town, but I really think Odell is the one that deserves a little more credit at this point right now because I think he's just such a key part of the offense. I don't know who I was talking about this, but we were laughing because he goes year after year after year of just being hurt and uh, getting himself in trouble via social media or something in the press. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a fucking lunatic. And then he's hurt, and then he's in the press, and then he's hurt, and he's in the press, and then he gets signed by the Rams, and he's not in the press, and he's not hurt at all. He's perfectly healthy all of a sudden, not on the injury report ever, and he's playing. What the? What? 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 What happened? Uh, I mean, a streak of of good health. I, I mean, that could be any. I mean, you know, good health could come and go. I mean, he could get hurt next year. Who knows? I mean, I, he's been good in spots, right? I mean, he's only needed a couple of weeks here to stay healthy. I don't know if he pulls off a, another season next year of the same regard. But for now, he's healthy. That's fine. And as for staying off social media and the rest of it, I, you know, maybe he's got good people in his corner now, 
right? Good handlers. Maybe maybe everything was construed the way he wanted it. Maybe, you know, he tried to get himself forced out of Cleveland. I mean, more or less he did. But maybe that was the whole goal for the past couple of years was I don't like it here. I got to figure out a way to get the hell out of here. It's not working out. And then ultimately it did. And now that he's somewhere that he likes to be, he can take the pedal off the metal a little bit and, and pump the brakes. And go right. back to, to sanity. I don't think he's completely sane. I do think he's a fucking lunatic. But, you know, for right now, he's playing football and he's just not, you know, screwing up in, in the digital realm. I don't know. I don't look at him as, uh, I don't know, let's compare him to, like, the Bulls of the 90s. You're saying he's, like, the Scottie Pippen of the you know, to, to the, no, Cooper he's, a Den- he's, oh, 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 in that regard, um, Scotty Pippen to the Cooper cop. I, I mean, a weird analogy. Um, no, I would say, I would say he's the Dennis Rodman of the bulls. You know, you reliable rebound guy. Yeah. He, he is the, he is the, one of the key cogs that gives you, what you need in order to get over the hump. And without him, you wouldn't make it. Right. And so he doesn't have the flash of the Pippin or the Jordan because that's cop cops putting up the numbers. So yeah, I mean, you could go Scotty Pippin, but he's like different. He's like more than Scotty Pippin. He's the Dennis Rodman. You know, you take him away and you're going to lose a whole lot of other shit too. That's the way I think of it. But I mean, basketball, football, it's a weird analogy. It's tough to do. Um, but yeah, fine. Pippen, Pippen or Rodman. I go Rodman, but either work. So Mick, uh, Matt Stafford is the head coach. Cooper cup is Michael Jordan. Odell Beckham is, uh, Scotty Pippen. Tyler Higby is Dennis Rodman. Ben Jefferson. Well, is it's football, Fates. right? So you do it differently. Like, you know, I, Aaron, I would probably say Aaron Donald was the Michael Jordan, and then Cooper Cup was the Scotty Pippen, and then Odell Beckham is the is the Dennis Rodman. You see where I'm going? Like it, it's just that's yeah, why sure. it's tough to do. Tyler Higby is Luke Longley. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, all right, keep going. Van Jefferson is Steve Kerr. Always good for that bomb once in a while. Wow, look at you go. Now we completely overlook Jalen Ramsey. Where are we putting Jalen Ramsey in that deal? Well, uh, I would say Jalen Ramsey is more Dennis Rodman. Oh, you're putting him there. All right. Well, and then so where are you going to stick? You're going to stick OBJ then? OBJ was... I forget what their starters were. Ron Harper at, at point. I'm trying to. Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc. Uh, yeah, Tony Kukoc. Beckham's more Kukoc. Okay. Kukoc. Kukoc. Kuko. Tony Kuko. Right. Kukoc. It's been a while since I said the name. Tony Kukoc. Kukoc. I think it's Kukoc. Oh, holy Jesus. This is... Uh... And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So uh, let's get off the analogy. So anyway, I, I, I think Odell's a big deal. I think you agree that he's a contributor. Maybe not as big as I do. But, um, you know, I, I mean, for me... I'm seeing if the Bengals make it uh, make a run here. I think their defense is going to have to, you know, make Stafford, you know, go into that zone, right? Sure. Like we said, walk yeah. the plank. Yeah. And other, yeah. if they can't do that, if Stafford has a good game here, I I think it's going to be difficult for Cincinnati to to compete, Agreed. at least down the stretch. 
Agreed. At least down the stretch. So, all right. So, with that said, let, let's flip over into some props. And have you looked at the prop board? Yes. I've, I've, I've examined it up and down, left and right, backwards, forwards, all right, inside wh- and out. What do you like? So, the, the biggest one, actually, I, I shouldn't say that the biggest one that on the board, but the MVP is going to be fun to discuss because you're going to make a bet on both sides of the ball, right? You're going to, you're going to try and pick a Cincinnati Bengal who I hate you're going to get MVP the, picks. It always ends up being the quarterback, uh, but it's fun to bet because at least you're in it till the end. Well, the only thing that you're doing with the MVPs is betting people, not the quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Exactly. Quarterbacks are, I don't know what it is right now. Let me see if I can find the uh, MVPs. Um, position of MVP. Quarterback is minus 300. <laughs> the position of MVP, quarterback, is minus 300. So, um, if you want to go that route, uh, defensive lineman, Aaron Donald, plus 1,000. Or, you know. Oh, I, wow, that's down. It was 1,400 last night. Linebacker is plus eleven hundred. There's your Von Miller Leonard Floyd play. Defensive lineman is plus one thousand. That's your Aaron Donald play. Running back, fullback is plus nine hundred. That's Cam Akers, right? I don't see that one happening. I see defensive lineman and Aaron Donald happening more than a running back. Uh, wide receiver is plus two fifty. I, I'd like the running back investment more than the wide receiver investment. Plus nine hundred to plus two fifty, right? Because you know, running backs go off in 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 Super Bowls, so you could you could see a Cam Akers just blowing the fuck up, right? No, I can't. You can't. Okay. I mean, he looks horrible. It, it's plus nine hundred, right? Well, I mean, a, a mixin. You know, you're getting you know ten to one on your money. I think you're wasting your money. I mean, okay. I mean, it, I think it's a waste of money because you're not Mixon's not going to run against the Rams, and Cam Akers is not going to magically become amazing. He just tore his Achilles seven months ago. I I don't blame the guy. I mean, he's he's working his way back, but I, I just he hasn't looked that good. So, all right, so if you don't like running back, then I don't know where you're going here. I I guess wide receiver, or defensive lineman, exactly. One of those two. Yeah. Uh, there's really nothing else. Um. But I, I can't find the – I don't know why. Do you have the MVP numbers up in front of you? I do, yeah. The Super Bowl specials? Yeah. What do they have for MVP people? Well, Stafford and Bur- Burrow are the top two. And At then what? You have plus 100, plus 225. Yeah, okay. And then you have Cup at plus 600. Oh, yeah. See, Donald. Donald's plus 1,400. Right, yeah, That's they were they were doing defensive linemen, I you know, so it's obviously less because you get more volume. But Donald at fourteen hundred, I mean, it's tough. I, I don't without pulling it up on Google. Can you think of a defensive MVP in the Super Bowl? The last one, uh, the Ravens. Uh, I don't know, Malcolm Brown. Oh, Malcolm Brown. There you go. Uh, and he he turned that into a nice contract for himself. Uh, you know, not to your delight, because you guys no, were the ones that gave the money. He sucked. <laughs> he was terrible. He was horrible. Uh, defensive Super Bowl MVP. The kid from Seattle. Oh, did he get it that one year? Yeah. Smith, the year we went. 
Didn't no, you're, you're talking about uh, who made the play at the very end of the game. Uh, here we go. So, Dexter Jackson. Oh, man, remember that? Dexter Jackson. Safety for the Bucks. That was versus your Raiders. That right? was, yeah, he, he also turned that one, I think, into a prevalent contract. Uh, Ray Lewis, uh, Baltimore Ravens. That was versus the, that was versus the Giants. Uh, That's what I said, yeah. Yeah, you were right about that. 34-7, that was a, a shellacking. Larry Brown, uh, Cowboys, turned that into a monster contract with you. Guess, guess yep. That's two. Did we say Malcolm Brown? It's Larry Brown. Malcolm Brown is a running back? No, Malcolm Brown, the 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 the, the cornerback from New England that signed with the Raiders. Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. Yeah, I, we we screwed a whole bunch of stuff up. Larry Brown was the was a cornerback from the Cowboys that ended up going Cowboys to your Raiders. He went to your Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Yes. Um, Malcolm Butler made the interception at the end of the. The Seahawks, Patriots Super Bowl, the, correct, the, the big one. But uh, he didn't turn. He didn't go to the Raiders. No, I'm I'm mixing Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm Brown, Larry Brown, and Malcolm yes. Butler. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh Jesus, that's like what? That is. Uh, uh, we really fucking fucked that one up. That was a disaster. Uh, Richard Dent. He was a Super Bowl MVP. That was uh, the forty six ten shellacking of the Patriots. Randy White, Harvey, Harvey Martin, Cowboys, Super Bowl twelve. Jake Scott, Miami Dolphins, safety, Super Bowl seven. Uh, we're going real back. So in the modern, I mean, there's only been a couple. Jackson was the last one? Yeah, uh, Randy White, Richard Dent into Larry Brown. Larry Brown to Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis to Dexter Jackson. And that was it. 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know the number, but that was Raiders, that was around 2000-ish. So I, I forgot the, the year of that, but, uh, well, 2000 was the Ravens, so that was like 2001, 2002. So yeah, mm-hmm. good good 20 years ago. So Larry, uh, Aaron Donald could break that today. Doesn't happen all that often, but at plus 1400, I mean, definitely value there. So, any other props that that you're seeing there, and MVPs or anything else that strikes your uh, your fancy? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, depending on how far you want to go into it, I, I think that T. Higgins at plus forty five hundred isn't bad. Joe Mixon at plus forty five hundred, like you said before, you're wasting your money at plus minus whatever, but plus forty five hundred is. I, I guess he could get it. I mean, that's worth ten bucks to win. Well, he gets he gets receptions and he gets you know rushes, so he could have a big he could have a big, same thing with Cam Akers, right? I mean, Mixon is probably a, a bigger a better bet. You know, if you want utilization, you know, Akers is going to have to split the backfield with Michelle, and I guess they're they're going to have Henderson back, and so Mixon is going to be the one guy, but they have to win the game. Yeah. I like Higgins and and Mixon both each at plus forty five hundred. It's you know, yeah. I, mean, I like the go... Mixon play. I, I do like the Mixon. I like Mixon. I like Don, Darnold. Those are the two names that have stuck out that I like. I mine were Higgins and Donald. So there you go. So uh, anything outside? You want some of the you know I, I don't know the other prop things. I I always come close with the uh, Gatorade. I actually think I hit the Gatorade a couple of uh, years ago with purple. Purple's always a far one, right? Was didn't purple hit two years ago? 
It was last year, wasn't it? Was it last year that it hit? Anyway, again, uh, the leader is uh, clear or water at 250. Then it goes orange, yellow, blue, none. I don't know what none is, but none is at plus 600. Red, pink, and then you got purple at plus 1400. None, meaning no, no Gatorade being dumped. I mean, they always do it, right? I mean, they've done it for <laughs> how many years now? They're not going to not stop. So I think none is a throwaway of your money. It's weird that it's up there, but I guess it's got to be up there, right? It's like the zero on the roulette board. So uh, clear water is the uh, leader in the clubhouse. I'm, I'm still, for my money, I, I'm going purple. You know, if you're going to take something screwy like that, you take the plus 1,400 every year. I like blue. You like blue. Blue is at plus 400. So there you go with that. Um, other crazy props before we get into the good stat ones. Uh, who will the Super Bowl MVP thank first? Oh, so stupid. Teammates, city fans, God, religion, family, any other coaches, team owner. It depends on who they. Uh, I I mean, who they. If it's if it's Cooper Cup, he's going to thank God. Or I'm, uh, he's going to Stafford. Thank his Stafford too, right? Oh, Stafford. That's right. I'm sorry. Stafford's going to thank God and Cooper Cup will thank his family because that whole article with his wife. If it's Joe Burrow, you imagine he goes to City and fans, right? Probably. Yep. You know, be an Ohio guy, all the rest of it. Um, yeah. Were, were there any other these, these freaky ones before I just rattle off the numbers? Uh, no, those, the, I didn't even look at that one. The Gatorade one I liked, I was going to bring up. That's Gatorade's always my... fun just because it's all the way at the end. It gives you one last thing to watch as you're, as you're, you, you know, well, one last thing to check as you're watching the Super Bowl. There's something about an octopus and I don't understand what that is. Oh, is it the octopus that picks the winner? Will, no, it says, will there be an octopus? Oh, I don't know. Well, we'll get the halftime. We'll get the halftime stats after we get the halftime show props after we finish up the game props because the halftime props are, are pretty funny. What is the octopus though? I don't know. I don't know anything about it, and I'm not going to Google search it. It's, I, is it a hockey thing? A hockey thing for sure, but I don't know why that would be relevant here. the The hockey thing. Well, I mean, the octopus isn't that the Detroit Red, Red Wings? Yeah. The octopus is what they throw, I think. Octopus soup. Now so, you got me intrigued. We'll just do octopus Super Bowl. Uh, I just know that it's an octopus that picks it. Will there be an octopus? There you go. Super Bowl prop bets. I don't know what the hell. Gatorade shower. Will there be an octopus? What the hell? Now you got me intrigued on this. This isn't really good somebody, for podcasting, but shit. Will somebody throw an octopus? I guess there's got to be some relevance to an octopus, but I don't know. Okay, be- before this completely San, San Jose Sharks, Los oh. Angeles Kings. Perhaps the most fun-sounding prop bet available this year. Sadly, there likely will be no physical octopus on the field. An octopus is a stat or an occurrence during an ethical game player. Oh, it's a stat. Okay, this is really sad. I guess everybody listening to this, well, which is like four of you, that might know what the octopus is, but it is a stat occurrence during an NFL game when a player scores a touchdown and an ensuing two-point conversion. So, Huh? Yeah. It's so when the play, Joe Mixon gets the touchdown and then he gets a two-point conversion. That's an octopi. Oh. There have been just... Cool. 169 octopi in NFL history since the conversion was introduced in 1994. So, no is minus 2,500. Yes is plus 1,400. 
Uh, hell yeah, there are a couple bucks on that. That is throwing your money away, sir. I, that is, I, I mean, for that to happen, that's so random. First of all, you need the two-point conversion. You, you, you have to want that, need it for some reason. And then you've got to get the same player that scores the touchdown to get that. I mean, that's a Why big... Why shouldn't it be more than plus 1,400 then? Uh, I, I think just because it's so random, how can you make it more? I mean, the no is minus 2,500. So, I mean, the favorite in the clubhouse, you're not getting anything for it. I mean, that is like, you know, I'm going to give you a shit ton of money just to get a little bit back just because I want to get something. Yeah. You know what else? Moving on from that, you know what's another fun thing to bet? You can bet Super Bowl squares. In what regard? You can pick whatever numbers you want. You can pick whatever numbers you want. Uh-huh, and each one has an odd next to it. Oh, is this through DraftKings? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that. I think they actually give them away for free as a as a promotion. Like, you like Bengals, 24-17. So, so Rams for Bengals 7 is plus 800. That's good. Oh, they do it that way. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. Any, that's a way to do it, I guess. Any any quarter, any quarter that ends in these scores, uh, you get you get these odds. What's the five five box? That's a bold one, man. That's got to be bottom of the barrel. Yeah, well, it's plus eight eight thousand. Plus eight thousand. So our father. He always wins on most of these Super Bowl things that he does. And he won yet again already because the one uh, Super Bowl box that he is in, one of them, he's in multiple, multiple, but he hit 5-5. And so it already paid out his money plus some. So he got his money back and then he got some on top. So he's already in the green and the goddamn game hasn't played yet. Born horseshoe up his keister. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, five five. If I'm not mistaken, is the worst odds on the on the box, right? You can look at that chart that you're looking at right now. But five five it's is the it's the second to worst. Yeah, second to worst. What's the what's the f- worst? Two 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 two. Okay, two two five five. So they probably pay out both of them. But anyway, Dad got five five in one of these pools that he did. So he mm-hmm. automatically won his entry plus another half of the entry fee. So he's in the green already. So even if he if if five five hits, he'll make money on top of it. But he's playing risk free. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either until he told me today. But he was like, "Oh yeah, I already made out on that one because it was five five. So I got my money back plus the extra." So the worst that they pay whoever gets five five. Automatically wins. Automatically wins and gets money. And I imagine the same thing happens for two two, because you wouldn't do it for five five and not two two. So you probably do the same with both of them. So you get your money back plus a little extra, and then you're basically playing for free. Should that even hit? Cool way to do yeah, it. A, so that's a, that's a tall order to get to that. But so anyway, yeah, I I, I know that DraftKings does something similar. So you're stating that now if you want to partake in boxes, haven't got out to a bagel shop or uh, anybody or your friends that's running one, you can go on these uh, apps and 
pick the box of your choice with the numbers, and they're paid accordingly. I probably wouldn't do that because I, I just think the scoring is so random. It, it's almost impossible to do. That's just a fun thing for engagement and engagement purposes only. But is there any there that you, you're looking at that you like? Yes, the 4-1 that we were talking about earlier today. Okay, and you were saying that was plus what, 800? Uh, I God, think... there's so many, it's so many numbers, it's hard to, I, I, I lost track of it. 4-7 uh, was plus 1,000, so that's uh, uh, Bengals, Bengals 4, Rams 7, that's a fun one. Um, Rams, Bengals 7, Rams uh, 1. So that's if the Rams won 21-17, that's plus 1,600. That's pretty good. Okay. And then the the Bengals 4 and Rams 1 was plus 2,000. So if the Bengals won 24-21, and I bet the, the juice hit the other way where the Bengals were laying, you know, the alternate spreads. So you could hit plus 2,000, plus you could hit – I think it's plus 300 for the Bengals to lay two and a half points. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to venture into all that kind of stuff because that's it's very – it's really digging in the rabbit hole there. and I, I, That's just kind of thrown at the board. But you said you like that those couple numbers, so it's one way to go. Obviously, something to invest some time in if you like that or you haven't got into a box is to check out the boxes available from the – the, the sports books. Uh, going to the numbers, I'll run through uh, some things. Uh, rushing, uh, rushing. Acres fifty-eight and a half. Mixon sixty-three and a half. The quarterback Stafford's at five and a half. Burrow is at ten and a half. Uh, receiving yardage, you have Cup at one hundred two and a half. OBJ at sixty-four and a half. Jefferson at thirty-five and a half. Uh, in regard to the Bengals, you have Chase at 79.5, Higgins at 69.5, and Boyd at 40.5. Mixon, if you want to go to the running backs, he's at 25.5. Uh, if you receptions themselves, Cup at 8.5, OBJ at 5.5, Chase at 5.5, Higgins at 5.5. Passing, you've got Burrow at 276.5, Stafford at 279.5. You want to go really deep into the rabbit hole. The completions, we'll start with the temps. They're both at 38.5, and, and the completions are at 24.5. Uh, Kicking-wise, the over-under for uh, field goals is for both players is 1.5 in terms of field goals, and in terms of points, it's 7.5. So uh, just running through all of those, is there anything that might uh, seem appealing for Chris Eggie's dollars? Yeah, I'm I'm really into Higgins this game, so I I like most of his lines that he's getting. Five and a half um, reception, sixty nine and a half in yardage. Yeah, I like those. I also like. Actually, there was a combination of what what what, what was um Acres and Mixon's receiving yards. Do you have those there? I don't have Acres receiving yards. Uh, I do have Mixon's. Mixon's was twenty five and a half receiving yards. Acres, I, I would like, imagine, have to be less than that. It is. It was like 13 and a half yards. Sure. And I loved it. I love that. I love the Acres receiving yards. Of all of these, the ones that I that I kind of like, I, I'm liking Acres yardage above 58 and a half because 
if he ends up being the lead dog or having a game and they end up getting... Uh, I mean, look, he was getting a ton of looks in that Rams game and then he just fumbled the shit out of the ball. Uh, you know, had he not fumbled the ball, you know, Akers would have had, uh, you know, some nice contributions there and probably would have carried over the next game. I could see them opening yeah. up opening up a little bit of a lead and then getting over the 58 and a half. So I like the Akers rushing. Um uh, we, we will uh, actually. I hear my, uh, I hear my godson here, uh, Christian, coming to the foray. Although I don't think I can see him because the the he's video staring, is off. He's staring at you, but okay. So anyway, we will uh, take a quick break and then return after I get to say hi to my grandson. So hold on, and we will be back. And we're back. So um, as we were talking about, we were talking about the. Uh, the prop bets here, I was saying Akers, I kind of liked him at 58 and a half. Um, that was in rushing yards. Uh, do you like anything in the rushing yards? Uh, not really. I just like the combination yards. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Combination. Go ahead. I like the Akers combination because it was so low. I, I don't know what it is now. I'm trying to pull it back up here. Uh, player parlays. All right, well, uh, while you do back, that... You it was Mixon... Uh, I'm sorry, eight... Uh, uh, yeah, Mixon's Mixon is going to be high. His is going to be probably around 85. It's 100-plus rushing yards, plus a touchdown is 125... 100 y- com- combination yards, plus Whoa. a touchdown. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Just... Say it out linearly so I could follow. 100-plus combination between rushing and receiving. Okay. Plus a touchdown. Okay. Is 1,200. For Mixon. I like that. I do like that. That's good. Right? Because that's that saying he's getting a a ton of utilization. You don't have to worry about where it comes from. It's just got to be over 100 yards. Right. And he scores a touchdown in the game. Right. I mean, that's, that's worth it. At plus 1,400, you're getting great return on it. Plus plus 1,200. Plus 1,200, whatever. Plus 14, plus 12. It's a solid little uh, venture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's I, I like that a little bit. I like, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, T. Higgins. I like his value for uh, whatever it is, a touchdown plus... Uh, uh, like 75 receiving yards is plus 1,000 or plus 1,200 or whatever it is. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, they always dial those up a little bit, right? Because if you look at Higgins, he's 5.5 receptions, 69.5 yards. But then when we, they do these uh, correlated game parlays, they always dial it up from 69.5 to 75, right? They, you know, the same thing with Mixon. Mixon's yardage on the ground was 63.5. His... Uh, Receiving yards were twenty five and a half, but when they combined it, they just made it an even hundred. Right, Cam Akers rushing and receiving combined is eight over under eighty two. That's really low. Yeah, especially because you know he could do it on the ground. Then you know, I mean, whatever, it wouldn't be crazy for him to get a hundred yards uh, rushing on the ground, especially if they end up taking the lead and then try to you know bilk the clock a little bit by letting him open it up again. He's going to have competition. He's got him, Michelle. Uh, Henderson possibly coming back. Akers obviously had the big fumbles in the postseason here. So, but I like the 
58 and a half on the ground for Akers, only because they could utilize him more so if he gets the hot hand or they're trying to run the clock out. Um, yeah, so so I had five. I picked out five props that I love uh, all all day long. If you want to get into to some betting, all right. Well, then why don't we do that? We'll, we'll just we'll wrap this up here with. Uh, oh, actually, before we do that, let's go to one last thing of props just to talk about, and we'll make it quick before we get into our bets, and we'll just wrap it up. And that's the halftime props. Have you seen any of the halftime props yet for the big show? No, I, I can't find them on DraftKings. Okay, I sent you a link uh, if you want to check your email real quick. But if not, I'll just read them to you because, as everybody knows, this is a colossal halftime show where uh, several years ago, obviously, the if you well, obviously, if you were unaware, the NFL had always battled halftime show disasters because they always tried to make it fam- family friendly. Family friendly, yes. And they struggled with it because everybody that they went to was old or kind of insignificant or it just didn't work. You know, it was good in the 80s, but then as time went on, you know, you can't have the who out there, you know, in 2006 or seven playing the halftime show. Everybody's kind of like, the fucking who? Come on, give me a break. So they shoulder tapped uh, uh, Jay Z's Rock Nation uh, back a couple of years ago when the Colin Kaepernick issue was boiling to a front and you had, you know, a Race issues were a big talk in the NFL. They grab Jay Z's Rock Nation. I, you know, he works with Live Nation, I guess, and they pull him in to do the halftime shows. And since you've gotten pretty big halftime shows, last year's was the weekend. This year's out in LA in this big colossal LA stadium, you have Dr. Dre headlining a whole assortment of Dr. Dre Aftermath Entertainment related uh, acts. So you've got Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Mary J. Blige, possibly Tupac making the holographic uh, appearance. And so it's a big deal, even though I wouldn't say family-friendly, especially since we're talking about gangster rap here of the 90s, which I bumped quite uh, many decades in my car. Still do. Uh, I would not say that it is the most family-friendly music as I don't play it with my kids in the car ever, but this is what's going to be on your halftime show. So, uh, hypocritical? Uh, Maybe just a little bit. So here are some of the props which are fun to talk about first song played during the halftime show what what is love yourself love yourself uh no it's not love yourself lose yourself they just have it as love yourself okay well that is a mistake it's supposed to be lose yourself so lose yourself obviously is the mega eight mile joint so they have first song played during the halftime. These are just some of them. First song played during the halftime show. How many songs will be performed? First performer to sing or speak. Color of Eminem's hair when he first shows. Eminem's headwear. Snoop Dogg's shoe color. Whether or not Mary J. Blige will be showing cleavage. Yummy. Last song played during the halftime show. First Eminem song to be played. Will there be a uh, the the boat yacht club ape? Board Ape Yacht Club, right? Did I get that right? Board Ape, <sighs> Board Ape Yacht Club will make an appearance, uh, and that is an NFT uh, house which basically makes all kinds of artistic Board Ape NFTs, and they sell them. And I, I don't. It's a thing. What? <laughs> what is this? Uh, I, I had heard about it only recently because Justin Bieber had bought one of these, but it is called the Board Ape Yacht Club. 
And from what I have read, it is a non-fundable token collection. And the Bored Ape Yacht Club basically does these digital images, and it's always of a bored ape of some sort. You can oh yeah yeah I know you're talking Google about Google it, okay, look it up, it. see what the pictures are. Yep. But I don't know for some reason I, I one of these artists, and I'm not going to do the Google searching. Anybody else invested, uh, you know, that is interested can invest the time to look it up. But there's got to be some kind of tangent to these acts or the the halftime show, Rock Nation or something, and the Board Ape Yacht Club. Because one of the props, 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 one of the props for the halftime show is will a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT be shown? And the favorite is yes at minus 400. So if you didn't know what the hell a Board Ape Yacht Club is, you're in all likely seeing one tonight and you will have to ask yourself what the hell it is. So it is at, right now the leader in the clubhouse at minus 400. But those are some of the halftime props. I will say that looking at this, and I know that you might not have looked at it, so I, you know, I, since I'm vamping here, I, I like the Lose Yourself as the first song played during the halftime show at plus 750. I also like Drop It Like It's Hot at plus 900. Because can't you see it? Right, they're not going to come out with the big guns at front at, at first, right? They're going to do like a warm up song. They're going to get something to get everybody's blood pumping a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I just it's not going to be lose yourself. Well, I mean, you can't see that. You, think about it, right? They come to the stage, and all of a sudden, you hear dun 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 dun. dun no. Oh yeah, man! That 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 song is meant to be an opener. Lose yourself is an opening song. That's what it is. I mean, you okay. come you come out of the locker room to that song. High school kids come out of the locker room to that song. I mean, that that is a get your blood pumping song. So I like that at, at plus seven fifty. The favorite is California Love. Uh, well, actually, the favorite right now is the next episode, depending on where you're going. These are all according to Bet Regal. But the next episode is at plus 200. California Love is at plus 240. But I'm going with Lose Yourself. And I could also see Drop It Like It's Hot, right? Because it's a party out there tonight. And can't you see Snoop Dogg coming up, you know, through the floor? Boop, doop, 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 doop. Snoop. And that would get you plus 900 if that was the first jam. You definitely should never do what you just did ever again. I just did. It's too late. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, motherfucker. I just did it. But yeah. I like uh, Lose Yourself at plus 700, 750, and I like Drop It Like It's Hot at plus 900. Anything... Lose, yourself is, lose Yourself is minus 250. Uh, at where? What book are you looking at? Uh, I guess Flurry Sports. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm doing this bet uh, on Bet Regal. So, uh, Bet let me... Regal, uh, drop it like it's hot at plus twenty two hundred. Right. So these are obviously changing. So this is uh, which song will be played first at the halftime show? Lose yourself is two minus two fifty. Okay. So uh, I like it. But a G thing at plus twenty eight hundred. No, definitely not that. So I like Lose Yourself. Obviously, if you're looking at Bet Regal, you're getting way better odds than here at Flurry Sports because they have it as a leader in the clubhouse. So um, you can take all my analysis and just flush that down the fucking toilet because at minus 250, I don't like it. But I did like it at plus 750. Drop it like it's hot, though, at plus uh, 2200. Uh, my analysis there still still flies. 
So what will be seen first? A Tupac Sh- Shakur image at plus one seventy five, or what are the other ones? Board Eight Yacht Club minus two hundred. Oh, it's one of the <laughs> Board Eight Yacht Club. There you go. Which one is going to be seen first? The Eminem two- in a Lions jersey plus six fifty. Uh yeah, because Snoop- obviously the Detroit thing. Snoop Dogg in a Steelers jersey. Uh, I don't know. Board Eight Yacht Club, the leader in the clubhouse, Tupac Shakur image. I would probably, I you know, the Board Eight Yacht Club thing. It's kind of like what? I, I guess. I mean, you know, maybe the Board Eight Yacht Club thing is right there in the beginning. Who knows? I don't know. But that one mm. I can't touch because that's kind of you know you got to really foresee what they're going to do in their show. You know, I could do the songs because you can kind of foresee them coming out with certain songs and not others. Um. So, let's see. First performer. There's so many, dude. There's so many. Things first to performer to sing or speak. Right now, Dr. Dre is at plus one twenty-five, but Eminem is at plus three hundred five. Now, obviously, that may change based on the book. But if Lose Yourself is at minus two fifty, you would imagine that Eminem might be the first one that you hear. So, depending on the book that you go to, obviously, the the money might be different. But again, Bet Regal, I was going with Lose Yourself at plus seven fifty, and then I threw Eminem on the parlay with that at plus three hundred five. It's not a bad idea. Right, but again, it's all kind of point. Uh, it's all dependent on what uh, you know the bet, the book that you go to, because obviously they have varied quite quite a bunch from book to book here. There's so many, dude. Yeah, you there's can a lot. Just look through this for days. The last song played during the halftime show, "California Love" at plus one sixty five, which would make sense. Because mm-hmm. they do California Love, then they do the Tupac hologram image. That's exactly what's going to happen. They wrap it up like that, and boom, done deal. So, all right. So those are halftime stats or halftime props. You can find those out there anywhere. We were talking at flurrysports.org. You could also find them. Bet Regal is a book that I saw that has them. Sports interaction and cool bet also featuring some halftime props. And so with that, we will venture over to our betting segment. And Chris started off. I don't have any kind of bets here. We'll just leave it bedless for the short term. And what are you thinking about doing? We talked about, you know, what we like, things that we were looking at. You obviously have got it lined up. Uh, in regards to a recap of the uh, of R2 betting kitties, Chris, where are you at? I- I'm done. So I am just making picks for the fun of it, but I lost two bank rolls over the course of the season, uh, both a uh, thousand bucks. So I ended up being 2000 in the hole. Uh, so I was a negative gambler for the year. Uh, I never really got over, I never got over positive. I don't think, I think it was downhill all, throughout and it was all parlays. They never came through, nor did my teases, but you did well. You were up most plus 3,800 or 38, 3,800, right, at one point, off 1,000. So you were at, like, a 3.8 multiplier. Where would you end up? 2,900. I, I lost 400. I won. I lost 500. I won 400. Something. So I lost 100 bucks. In the conference championship? Yeah. I, I think I lost 100. So I, I think I'm down to, like, 2,900. So what are you going to do and to try to capitalize and finish on a strong note here for the 2021 season? So, 
I'm going to do a bunch of different things, actually. Uh, I'm going to do, let's start with the regular game. Uh, I'm going to, I like changing it to an alternate spread. Okay. That's my new favorite, my new favorite thing to do in the playoffs now that I've, I've learned how to do it correctly. So I'm going to do uh, Rams. I'm going to turn that into a six and a half point spread. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I dig that because I like the Rams here in this game regardless. So, I like them yeah. at four and a half. Yeah, six and a half still makes it a touchdown is good. So, you get yeah, those two points with, I, you know, if you're going to go six and a half, if you're going to go four and a half, why not go six and a half? Exactly. So, that turns it into plus 125. So, I'm going to bet 100 on that. Cash out. Okay. And then I'm going to do the alternate, and I'm going to do Bengals minus two and a half. To get it to the field goal. Yeah, to get it to the field goal. And that gives you a plus 185. So, you know, I'm not looking to – I'm just kind of looking to try to break even there. So if I I bet 25, it cashes out 75. So how much are you putting um, on the plus on, on the Bengals minus two and a half that gets you to one eighty five? Just twenty five bucks. Oh, you're not doing the hundred. Okay. No, 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 no. Just just twenty five to get to uh, a seventy five. Because I, I honestly think the Rams are going to win this. I, 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 maybe I'll root for the Bengals because I'm going to be with Rocky and Hamilton. But uh, you know, I think that the Rams are going to are going to win. I, I plus I like to see a good game. So if it's close, that, that's fun. Makes it more fun. Yeah, well, it, uh, you put those two down, and then basically both teams can win. And the way that you see it, you know, the Bengals win by a small margin, and then, uh, uh, but more than the money line because you're creating the alternate spread. And the Rams, meanwhile, you think that they're going to open it up, so you jack it up, and feel the touchdown is all they need. Right, touchdown is exactly so a hundred to win two twenty five or twenty five to win seventy five. Uh, you know, either I I lose twenty five bucks. Uh, uh, on the the Bengals, or I you win lose twenty. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So that's for the games. Um, I'm not going to really play too much with the over under. Although I would go under if I had if I was going to, you know, if I was a a betting man in in this world listening to this podcast. Sure, go with the under. Uh, but I'm going to go with some props. So first prop I'm going to go with is T. Higgins to be the, the person who scores first. Ah, first touchdown. Okay, I was looking at a couple of these, and I'll, I'll bring them to light when I start talking. Yeah, all right, so T. Higgins as the first scorer. What was that at? That's plus 1,200. Okay. So I'm going to go 20 bucks to win 260. Sure. All right. I'm going to go with player to record first sack. Aaron Donald. Yeah, I, I mean, that can't be that much, is it? It's plus three fifty. Is it really? Yeah. Is is he still the leader in the clubhouse, or is there somebody above him? No, they're. It's all, either going to be him all, or Miller. It's plus three fifty, plus four hundred, plus four fifty. They're all very close. All right, so Donald is at plus three fifty. Okay. I mean, he doesn't even have that many sacks on the year, but I think he's going to be jacked. Yeah, right. You're going to go with their best player. If you don't go with him, you're probably going to go with Miller. If you kind of like getting better odds, what's 
if you have it in front of you, what's Floyd's number? Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up right now. So Super Bowl specials, not Super Bowl specials. Um, I gotta pull up the defense here. Uh, DST props. So, Flo- well, Aaron Donald's first at plus three fifty. Yeah. Miller's plus four hundred. Hendrickson's plus five hundred. Yeah. Floyd's plus six. Plus six hundred. So. I kind of like the Floyd only because you get the plus 600 and if they're going to focus on Miller and Donald, which is a tall task, then ultimately something breaks down and Floyd is a good pass rusher. So I could see him getting that sack as a result of the the focus being placed on the other two. So I kind of like the plus 600, but sure. All right, so Donald at, at plus 350. First sack, and what are you going to put on that? Uh, well, I, I actually was thinking about Troy Reader at plus two thousand, or Logan Wilson at plus thirty five hundred. Okay, I mean the, the numbers are there; they're they're sky high. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that would have to come on a blitz of some sort. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Logan. I actually like, but I, I didn't want to use Logan Wilson because I kind of like him somewhere else. And Troy Reader is really good. I like the Reader play more than I like the... Uh, I like Reader more than Wilson because I could see with a shoddy Bengals line the Rams trying to do yeah oddball blitzes. Not that I, you know inside linebacker blitz is oddball or whatever, but I could see that being deployed and actually coming through. Uh, more so than Wilson, where you know they're really going to be having to, you know, shore up that secondary and the second, and third levels uh, of defense to make sure that that game doesn't get out of hand. And I, I don't know if you want to necessarily take your linebacker out of place and rush him uh, unless it's a, a key spot. So I, I like the reader one more than I like the Wilson. Mm, you're talking me into reader over Donald, actually. Because I don't know if Donald's going to be able to. They're going to double him. That's going to pull. Miller's not going to get. Miller's old. I, Floyd might actually be a, a good play at plus 600. You know, I mean, you're looking at the the big plus numbers, right? So if you're looking at a, a reader blitz or Floyd, you know, picking up the scraps, either one of those guys, you know, you're looking at plus 600, plus 1200 versus the Donald plus 350. But. I, it, First, anything is so random. I, yeah, but it's fun. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I'll have to decide what I'm going to do. But uh, for now, for for sake of what I've I've written down already, uh, I'm going to go. I'm you know I'm going to change. I'll, I'll change it to no 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 Donald Donald Donald. <laughs> Jeez, Donald. Make up your mind, sir. All right, Donald. It is done. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next, I got. What are you going to put on it? 20 bucks? Yeah, 20 bucks. Okay. Uh, Next, I got player to make first interception. All right. Where are you going to go with that? Ramsey? Nope. Jesse Bates. Oh, yeah. You like Bates in a couple of things. Okay. So, first interception, Bates. What is that at? Something. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than what? It's got to be more than the sacks because the odds wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, plus eight hundred. Oh, I like that. Okay, I mean, you it's I- either him or Wilson. But that's why I was saying I don't really like Wilson for the sack as much as I like him for the interception. Well, you could like him in both. In here, one doesn't take away from the other. 
Yeah, well, well, Wilson hasn't doesn't have that many sacks on the year. He has way more interceptions. He's plus eight hundred, and so is Bates. They're both plus eight hundred. They're all plus eight hundred. Yeah, I plus like I like Bates more than anything. Yeah, Taylor Rapp is plus a thousand, but I I don't see I, I don't see Burrow throwing an interception as quickly as I see Stat. Well, I I see. Stafford throwing interceptions all the time. I don't see Burrow throwing that many interceptions. Yeah, I, I I would like a Cincinnati player more so than a Ram player in regards to the first interception. Right, exactly. So I'm going to go with Bates at plus 800, and I'm going to lay 20 on that too. Where, where are you going next? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, d- t- touchdown score... But the last score. Okay, instead of the first. Yep. You're going to think I'm crazy for this. No, it's all random. But, I mean, it's going to be based on the odds that you're getting. And there'll obviously be some kind of logical explanation. So, go ahead. Rams defense plus 2,800. Yeah, well, so they're going to be well ahead. Cincinnati's going to be having to throw the ball and come back from behind. They get pinned deep in their zone. And something screwy happens, either a pick six or a fumble, you know, a fumble, a strip sack, something as they're trying to get back in the game. Rams come through with a big play, and that's the last touchdown scored. Yep. So 10 bucks to win 300, it's pretty good. Yeah, take it. I mean, they're all small bets, right? I mean, you're just hoping you hit on one of these things to break even. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, the last thing I have written down is the color of the Gatorade. No, nah, you said you were going blue, right? I yeah. If the Rams win and the Rams are blue and yellow, I it's got to be blue or yellow. No <laughs> okay. doubt about it. It's, I, what was blue? Plus four hundred or something? If I remember right. Yeah. Yep. And what does that get you? 10 Twenty for, to win a hundred. Twenty for a hundred. Okay. And so you've got your straight bets here. Well, you got your alt spread bets. You've got your player props. You got some game props. Do you have anything else on the board? Uh, no. No, no, no. That's it. Okay. Um, we'll flip it over to me. Like I said, I don't have money, so I'll give you my picks, but I you know, there's nothing for me to invest here. Uh, so, you know, for the case, for the over the course of the year, it didn't work out for me. So, now it, the fun is I I would do a, a correlated parlay. Um, you know, I like the Bengal. I, I, sorry, I like the Rams. I like the four and a half. Uh, I like it at four. I like it at four and a half. Uh, you know, I probably would like it. You, you were saying at six and a half. I thought the spread was going to be closer to five, five and a half. So I do like it at the four and a half. The over under at forty eight and a half. I I saw the money on the under. It was a head scratcher at forty eight and a half because I thought for sure it would be a little bit higher, and I was going to like the under. 48 makes me a little more apprehensive, but I like the under in this one. And then when I saw the money heavy on the under, even though that has peeled away a little bit uh, in, in this morning, because earlier in the week it was 80% of the money pool was on the under, and that is now down at, at you know 68%, and that was a little while ago. So I like the Rams, and I like the under. Thought process being that the Rams win handily by the spread, and I, their defense just creates problems and issues for the Bengals, who really have not played any solid, 
I shouldn't say solid teams. They have not gone up against a team that has given them a great game as of yet. Uh, you know, people argue, no, it's their defense that did it in the Kansas City game. And, and you know, what didn't they do in the Tennessee game? Like, I, you know, point being, the Raiders could have won. The Tennessee Titans should have won, and the Chiefs should have won. And the Titans was probably the more egregious of the two games. Obviously, a lot of things went wrong in the second half of that Chiefs game. But, you know, the Titans, they really should have taken over that game at any number of spots. And then for that terrible interception at the end of the game, you know, it should have been the Titans in that game. That's just my opinion. And so, you know, I have them, I have trouble thinking that they're now going to go up against the Rams defense, which is the best defense, I, I think that, you know, they played easily at, you know, 8th DVOA, or uh, sorry, 5th DVOA total, and I think that's just going to be problematic, because they haven't faced a, a really solid defense yet, they're going to see one today, and if they're not, you know, they're fighting tooth and nail to win these tight games, and then you go up against a big monster defense with an offense that's kind of, you know, cranking a little bit. I think it's just going to be tough. So I'm going to go with the Rams, and I'm going to go with that under because I think that ultimately, you know, I don't think the two teams score a ton of points. So I'm going Rams under. That's going to be my my parlay. Um, in regard to props, I, I'll tell you some things I like. I mentioned the Acres over 58 and a half. OBJ, he has been an over machine. 64 and a half, five and a half. What do you think about those, Chris? I I like the over. I like the over on OBJ, at, for sure for the 64 and a half. Uh, the receptions, obviously receptions are a little finicky. If I had to go over under, I'd go over on the 5.5. But I definitely like the 64 and a half as the yardage over. Um, I always like Chase as an over. It didn't work out last time. But because of his big play potential, um, again, it's even money, which you know I don't know if I'm going to do it at 79 and a half here. But of all these guys, Higgins is at 69.5. Boyd is at 40.5. I would just take the lead dog at Chase at 79.5. I'm not going to do it here. I'm doing the OBJ. That's my pick. Um, But I'm also looking at Chase. Um, And otherwise, I don't know if there's anything in the longest rush, longest reception category. Last time we were talking, I picked the the longest under for Cooper Cup at 28.5. They moved that to 27.5. I probably, you know, I'll, I'll do the Cooper Cup up under 27 and a half again um, just because I, I just don't see him as a you know a super big hitting threat I like the OBJ more than him to have one of these big numbers and OBJ's number is actually 23 and a half so um, I'll take Cooper Cup under 27 and a half for longest reception and now you dabbled into the first touchdown first sacks and all the rest of it um, yeah this is what I saw so these are the things that I like First touchdown. People have talked about this, uh, you know, a little bit. Actually, people have talked about Matt Stafford having two touchdowns. Do you follow any specific gamblers on Twitter, in the Twittersphere? No. So, if you listen to, um, uh, what was the, uh, Simon Hunter and Chad Melman, the favorites is the, is the podcast from the Action Network. Uh, Simon Hunter is a New Jersey-based, I think down in Philadelphia, uh, kid, guy, I don't know how old he is, you know, 20s, I think, uh, gambler. And he was touting Matt Stafford for two touchdowns in the game because it was something ridiculous, plus 10,000 or something like that. You know, For two, two running touchdowns? Yeah, it would have to be two running touchdowns. Oh, um, yeah, anybody who gives you plus 10,000 to one? 
you take those odds. Yeah, so I I think it's a stretch. You know, you need him, you know, getting two running touchdowns, so you need two plays by the goal line. But, you know, something funky like that. In the same regard, I like first touchdown Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow because it's plus 4,000 and plus 3,000, and you're looking for them to get in on a quarterback sneak at the goal line. So for first touchdown, I could see something, a big play, getting them down to the one, and then they just sneak it in. It doesn't happen all the time, but I could see it, and at plus 4,000 and plus 3,000 for either quarterback, I like that. The only other first touchdown that I like is OBJ. He's at plus 900. Look, he's getting featured a ton. So I could see him getting the first touchdown. And what I also like with that, I like the Rams to win. So with OBJ getting the first touchdown plus 900, you could throw the Rams win on top of it in a game parlay. And if you get OBJ first touchdown plus a win, you get plus 1,200. So I like that one. Um, first sack, you went with Darnold. I These are the numbers that I pulled out. I like Leonard Floyd at plus 600 for reasons we talked about when you were talking. And also BJ Hill. Traded from the Giants for Price, the the lineman, uh, in the middle of the year. B.J. Hill's had a, a good end of the season here for the Bengals. And at plus 1,200, I could see him you know, creating a little bit of uh, trouble there on the defensive front and not netting himself a sack. So the first sack, B.J. Hill, plus 1,400, along with Floyd at plus 600. And then the only other thing that I was looking at in terms of props that I like is tackles. Uh, Jesse Bates at five and a half and Logan Wilson at eight and a half. Which one of those two do you like more? Bates, a hundred percent. Really? Wilson puts up monster tackle numbers. Yep. But I like Bates. Thinking that the game's going to be played in the secondary a ton. Yep. And so he could dial it up. Well, exactly. Those are the two that I like. I, I don't know. I'm probably going to go lean toward Wilson in the eight and a half thinking that if they do open up uh, a lead, they'll probably default to running the ball a little bit for clock control. And since I like the acres over at 58.5, I, I could see the linebacker tackle numbers going up. So I'll take the Wilson at 8.5. But yeah, you can't go wrong with the Bates at 5.5. Um, but I'm going to do it with Wilson at the 8.5. So uh, again, my big bet would be the Rams and the under. That's my parlay. But all those other things that I mentioned, acres yardage, OBJ yardage, cup under longest uh, reception, first touchdown, you can go with either quarterback or OBJ, first sack, you know, Florida Hill, tackles, Bates, or Wilson. So all that said, is there anything else we have not discussed uh, that you'd like to throw out there before we punch it, punch out for the, well, not the season, but at least for Super Bowl Sunday here? No, I think we're, we're good. Uh, Rams, I think, are definitely, last thought, I think Rams have this in the bag as long as they play their game. And I, and unfortunately, there's too much on the line for, for them. They're, they're, this could be their only shot, man. Like, I, I don't know how, how well that team's going to stay together over the next two years with lack of draft picks, but this could be their opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I, time is running out because you do need your draft picks to kind of replenish the system. They have mortgaged theirs away in order for the short-term pick. And you're kind of looking at it right here, right? The stars of a line. This is kind of the uh, window of a couple of years. And they got to get it done at a certain point. And you would imagine this is going to be one of their bigger advantages with a Cincinnati team that is really young and doesn't have a great offensive line. So 
They've got to get it done here. How do you think about that? Jesus. This game, I can't imagine this game going any other way than what we've discussed. But if it does, can you imagine the Bengals just come out firing and, and go up like 14 nothing? No, I can't. But uh, crazier things have happened, right? Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, puncher's chance. So we will see. We're a couple hours away here. Chris, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody else, all the best for your wagers, and we will talk to you soon. Adios. Peace, man.